In the most anticipated Nuggets season in history, the Nuggets began by going on the road and getting whooped by the Jazz. We're off and running. Lock on Nuggets. You are locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can join the show and join folks in the chat section as we go along and talk about the Denver Nuggets loss to the Utah Jazz in the season opener on the road. Man, what what it's what a not tough, don't have tough, but what a bad one that is to start the year. Lost to talk about, only game one, but lost to talk about, lost to get into. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares from DMVR. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. Hope, as I told you all yesterday, that you caught the pre and post game shows over at DNVR. Uh, Price Picks. Is our sponsor for today. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. All right, Adam, there's a lot of places that we Oh, can- man. Actually, I found the best take, Matt. Neither you nor I thought about. You can't let him tank. You can't let Wemby get in the division. We got to lose every game to Utah and Oklahoma City. I like this. Yeah, Josh says everyone. Yeah, everyone. It's actually smart. They're 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 intentionally losing to make sure the Thunder and and, uh, Jazz can't tank. Love it. Love it. Great galaxy brain (laughs) tank. Um, my my thought process is kind of usually it's like there's a a a tendency to kind of want to start with. Like, what was positive? And then we can get to the negative. And I kind of want to go in reverse. <laughs> I kind of want to go in, like, reverse order and just do, like, what was worst. I and think then, today warrants the reverse order. And, sure. and that way we can get better as the show goes on. Right, um, so I, I think there's a lot of places to kind of get here. Uh, I, the, the bench unit was horrific in that first quarter. Yeah. I will and, say... And the first two minutes of the second quarter. Yeah, I will say that the game was back within reach and they were plus six to start the fourth. And that was with a bench lineup, including MPJ. It was bench lineup plus MPJ. And so like there now I think no the bench, wait, the bench was not a plus at any point in this game. Uh, that's what you the the bench the first they were minus twenty they were minus eighteen. They never they never outscored the them by eighteen. Uh, the no, what I mean is, uh, just in the stretch. Oh, of, in the stint, I got you. Yeah, yeah in the stint. before the starters came back in the fourth, that stint was plus six. But it was um, different lineups. I mean, part of this, yeah. and the only reason I'm pushing back on this, Matt, is because part of it was Jeff Green at center, and I think yes. it was Bruce Brown at power forward. And that's a bit to me of a moonshot lineup. Like, I like it, but I don't know that that's an every night you're going to be able to roll out a lineup. But I don't, I don't think that works. That was we're down 20, we need to do something. And it worked in that moment. Yeah. So I, I think my takeaway there, honestly, if we're going to, because I think this ties into the bench problem off the bat, right? Which is, I'm of the opinion now, and I, I think you'll probably agree with me given uh, various things that you said on, on various platforms. I'm of the opinion that Jeff Green and Davon Reed can't play together at this point. Um, why, why, why is, I mean, I honestly, I just don't think Davon Reed's that good. And Jeff Green was pretty yeah. bad last night. But what is, why do you think they can't? Is there a specific thing they lack? 
because they're not good enough at any one particular thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like that 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 unit, I think, needs more specialists. It needs yeah. guys that are like very good. I think Bruce Brown's fine as like a multifaceted guy, but with Jeff Green, you're kind of like, well, you know, he's got some size and he can play three if he needs to, and like theoretically he can shoot. Now look, like Jeff Green was uh the worst player i think on the nuggets last night like i that's my position is the jeff green of everybody jeff green was the guy that was the worst um defense yeah, that's all- a tough battle but i mean he's he probably that's probably the right answer like all of it i think is is pretty bad um the problem i think is that davon needs to be be like a very complimentary player and i think you either need more creation with ish smith that didn't play or you need more shooting with like a pure more of a a pure three and D weapon to be able to provide better spacing. Um, Staggering can solve some of that, which I think is like, there's a lot of reasons that 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 plus six happened in the, in the fourth and it's only a couple of minutes plus six, but it wasn't a huge minus. So I'm trying to work with, okay, what was it bad about it? Um, This is all kind of a mechanism to say that there was a lot of problems with the bench unit last night. I think I still am not necessarily convinced that like the problem was the bench given that how the starters closed that game, but they were also out of gas from trying to come back. So I'm trying to like balance it out. I thought the starters were bad to start. The bench made it worse to where it was a 20 you know, plus deficit. Yeah. The, the, the starters, that first stretch was just regular bad. Like I have to win those minutes. You didn't, but it's a game. Yeah. Yeah. And By the time they checked back in, it was no longer a game. Yeah, and it was no longer a game. Um, but they also, like, they never really put together a, a, a stretch to, to get it. Like, I guess the third quarter, they, they did make a, a little bit of a push um, to pull back within where they uh, yeah, needed yes, to get to. One caveat, though. It didn't happen with Murray. It happened when Murray came out. So the, the, that's part of it. That's why, like, the bench, to me, you're right, is the worst one. But it's almost not even the biggest story. It's just it was maybe the biggest issue, but not the biggest story. So your, I would assume like the big story here, and, and you kind of hit this on the DMVR show, um, is that like Jamal Murray's return was pretty rough. Yes, I think, but it was also to be expected. This is the thing; it was rough, but it was also I'm surprised he played 26 minutes. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. you know, missing the preseason after missing 550 games, you just kind of knew that there was going to be some okay. Everybody else fit into this, and I just felt like it wasn't. And I'm not trying to put this on Murray. Again, he played the way I expected him to. But I I thought that the rest of the team lost the rhythm and almost played passive or played like it just, just played strange trying to play around him. Not at all like what we had seen the last two games of the preseason that gave us so much hope coming into the season. One of the things that I thought was was interesting from a Jamal standpoint is I looked up some numbers last night on um, Spectrum and was looking at it just did not run a lot of pick and roll. Like they just didn't run it. it they had a very low number of uh, pick and roll last night as a, in terms of like sets for the game, sure. which I was like, that's interesting because if you're struggling and you're trying to get back into a game, going to like bread and butter, all right, let's just run some pick and roll and, and kind of and work this team that is a little bit less talented than us. I would think that that would be a pretty good way to do it, right? But for whatever reason, like they just didn't run it a lot. And I wonder how much of that does have to do with Jamal getting back into the flow of things and them trying to figure like it's it is very apparent that Jamal's coming back to an entirely different team that has pl- and one that, yes, there are new components here, but the team's also played very differently 
for the past year and a half. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of apparent to me that they yeah, like, there was, there was not enough structure in the offense in terms of knowing how everybody was going to fit together. And that, that was interesting to me from, um, from, from where they're going to be in the, in the early parts of the season offensively. One of the things we debated last night, Matt, and I'm curious your take, do you feel like, I mean, cause again, I'm just blown away by the 26 minutes part. Do you feel like, Hey, you just got to do it. Like it's going to be ugly and it's going to be a grind. It's going to be hard and you need to get better defensively because so you can make up for those things to get over this hump. Or do you feel like it's more of a, Hey, maybe ease them in is going to be the best point. Like, how would you handle that? And from a minute standpoint and just a, like how you're playing. I think the minutes were probably related to not wanting to start off the season with a loss. It's, just, it's the opener, so we can play a little bit more, right? It's like his first game. Um, but no, weirdly, I'm watching that first half and going, the the loss is more likely with more minutes. I mean, I'm not trying to be tough on Jamal. It's just it's it's a fact. He he didn't play the preseason. Yeah, I, I would say I would say you just deal with it because I think once it clicks, it'll just kind of click a little bit. It'll just click a little bit better, right? And um, they ran into hot shooting and they played defense like garbage. And if, if those two things are not the same, then Jamal can struggle a little bit because Jamal did do some good things uh, and from a shot-making perspective. Like, there were some yeah. looks he got that were just like, okay, they didn't have that last year. And so, um, you know, I didn't necessarily pinpoint a lot of possessions where, like, Jamal was a problem on defense. And de- if we're being real here, like, defense was the reason they lost. Now, their offense was also 100%. 100%. bad. Like, but, the, I mean, the offense was bad, too. Like they had, I think on cleaning the glass in non-garbage time, they had a 100 100- – offensive rating like that yeah. for a team that we were talking about being the best offense of all time but long way to go long the the mountain is steep from yeah. this this point um rebounding obviously another key area here jay mentions that uh we let the jazz get 11 offensive rebounds we're better than that uh walker kessler just hustled his face and vando walker kessler and vando just brought it like they were, they were really great. The bounces went their way in terms of the random tap ups. Um, I'll say like rebounding's one. I'll put up. I don't want to put a lot on on Jokic in the game in general. There's one area we'll talk about later that's more of a broader issue. But in terms of like performance, like Joker's Joker, right? Like scored, did the thing, like looked good in general, but. I didn't think necessarily he was. I, I it wasn't necessarily that he was locked. He wasn't locked in. It felt more like he was very in a very rare instance, a kind of a half step behind, right? Like he would turn one way and the ball would go right behind him, and then he would turn around. Like small instances of him just not being in the position, and then like guys were just. I mean, again, Walker Kessler and and Vando were just absolutely skying and pl- and playing really hard to get those offensive rebounds last night in the Jazz home opener. Who, who, which player we are you saying was responsible for that? Jokic. Oh, okay. That's a larger segment. We should take a break and do this into the other segment because for me this is a this is a bigger thing. But the one thing, the one caveat I'll say is, you know, three point shooting and offensive rebounding are correlated. In in particular, the spacing. And the Utah Jazz did a very good job of stretching Denver out, getting into the paint, kicking out, and then making a bunch of them, and then rebounding the ones they didn't. So to me. That was a bigger part of it, but that also comes back to Jokic in, in certain ways. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the loss and where it came from and what to do about it on Locked On Nuggets. I want to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. I had a 
rough night last night. I had a, I, I, it could have been worse, but I had only one really hit was Nuggets. Uh, no, I had, um, I, I had Knicks too. I had Knicks, but uh, my over unders, I can never get the totals right. I, I bet totals and have strong takes, and then I'm just wrong on them. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, is to go to Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Second segment here on Locked On Nuggets, recapping the first Nuggets game of the season and what a downer it was for Nuggets fans. Just a real bummer of a game. Um, all right, so what was the point you kind of wanted to get to about Jokic uh, as far as the rebounding goes? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that went on here, you know, in this game. So pinpointing like any one thing and saying it was the reason, you know, it isn't right. But one of the things that definitely happened in this game was that, you know, Denver's playing up at the level of these screens for a lot of it. And, you know, that means you need a lot of backside rotations. You need the containment and you need to scramble. And Denver just got sliced up. Is that because it's game one? Is it because, you know, defenses aren't going to be tied in? I think so. But it's concerning to me. Utah's a, Utah, I was impressed with the, like, the amount of just cap- competent players, you know, that they had out there. So I do, I definitely, David Locke has been preaching that they're not a tanking team. They're not going to tank this year. We'll, we'll see. Um, they certainly look like a team that was going to try to play and, and, and score, but they were getting that drive, scramble you wide open three nonstop. And a lot of that to me is, you know, Jokic has to be better at this. Like, I don't think you can play a ton of drop with Jokic. It's just, we've, we've seen him to say, yeah, he doesn't have the physical tools to do it. And last night I thought, and it's an extension of what I saw in Eurobasket. Again, Jokic was so great in Eurobasket for the people that missed the summer. But when Italy started going on the run, they kept putting him in pick and roll. And it was Italy. It was like Fantecchio. And, you know, it wasn't like superstar, all-star players, caliber all-star players. But they kept bringing him out there. And I just felt like he looked defenseless. And so it's discouraging to me that you get into a game like this against not a team that you would say, hey, who are the 10 toughest teams to guard in space for Jokic and pick and roll? I would not have named the Jazz. And yet here he is really looking like really, really struggling in that way. So to me, that was the most discouraging part. Like, again, the bench, yes, that was probably a bigger reason for why they lost. But the bigger stories to me were Jamal Murray, obviously, is going to be a very, I think the runway for him has to be pretty long. And then Jokic's defense and just the team's defense around him trying to step out. It looks so far from being where you would have faith in it being able to win in the playoffs. So it's 98-90. Uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, after the bench uh, run, Jokic comes in. Conley comes off a high pick and roll, and they stretch him out. And the Jazz did a really good job of not allowing the Nuggets to send defenders. Like they had, they were hitting so many threes. There was one where KCP was like, he, you could tell he was like, I need to dig, but he can't because he's one pass away, and Sexton's going to hit the corner uh, man for the three. Um, but it's ninety eight ninety. Conley comes off of a high pick and roll. Um, from high to, to right side. And there's, there's nobody to help there. There's nobody to come over from the wings. And so it's just Jokic in space and Jokic just has to give him room. And Conley hits a wide open three um, two fifteen in the fourth. There were consecutive possessions of Sexton putting Jokic on Island and, and hitting shots over him. And at that, and, at that point, like those were tough, but at that point when you're down 12, I, I honestly like Jokic was playing off of Sexton a lot. 
And part of me is like, yeah, that's kind of what you want. Like, you're probably going to hit the mid-range, but when you're down 12 with three minutes, you kind of have to force them to shoot early. And he did, and he made them. So well, it's funny, some, was of, actually, some of that was actually interesting that? is they, they pre-switched a little bit. They had Jokic actually guarding Sexton on some possessions, anticipating a pick and roll, and then Sexton waved it off. Um, that's, I mean, that's act- easy to do, though. That's like yeah, – that's, yeah. that's basketball 101. Yeah, yeah right. Um, I'm with you in that – and I'll just say this, like, I don't know the dynamics because I know the dynamics from a couple of years ago, right? Where I talked to people in the organization. They said, Jokic said he wanted to play up. Like he wanted to be more active that he didn't like being, he wasn't. I think it's the best option though, man. That's the thing is I, I think that's all you can hope for with him. You just don't think the, that because of the offensive load, he can't play at the level anymore. It's just too draining. You just think. No, I don't think it's that. I don't think, I mean, this is game one. He shouldn't have been tired. My fear, Matt, this is what I'm saying is if you're a Jokic detractor, if you're a Jokic skeptic, you think, oh, he'll never be able to guard at any kind of level. Even if it's a good offense in a playoffs, you just stretch him out, play pick and roll, and he's not going to be up there. And I've always been against that. And I still am. But when I watch, like I said, the Euro basket, you need to like, hey, you're rested. You're not like you're playing a ton of minutes. You need to get stops on these guys, and they just couldn't. And then you watch and you watch against the Warriors, and they're just putting him in pick and roll, and they have a 122 offensive rating when he's on the floor. And then you watch, you know, games like last night against the Utah Jazz, and you're thinking, man, Denver just can't do anything about this. They're getting giving up wide open threes or wide open uh, rim shots. I look at that and go, I think he can be better than this. We've seen him be better at this in moments, but and I'm not trying to put it all on him again. Yeah, he. Bench. I, yeah, this is just talking about the big story, like yeah. not the story for this game. It's talking about what really do you do. Jamal's going to be better. Nuggets are going to be a better rotation. They're going to shoot better. They're going to rebound better. They're going to be more focused. But that part of it, to me, I'm just watching it. It's game one, and I'm thinking, Mike Conley, Colin Sexton, whoever else they put in the pick and roll was absolutely carving them up with that. And I watch that, and I go, it's concerning. I just, I, I wanted this whole season has to be about Jokic being better at that thing. Cause that's the thing that if Denver's not going to be successful in the playoffs, it's going to happen there. Yeah. I just continue to be, the idea is you have to play. There's a couple of reasons to play drop. It's easier on the big. Um, it's. It allows for better rim protection because otherwise your backs, the backside's completely open. I just feel like this team is better suited to scramble and make the recoveries. Like they are. I think, yeah. and they I, think, better I think putting pressure on, on these teams is a better way to go about it rather than settling in and just trying to like contain. I don't think this is a contain group. I think that this is very much not that uh, the jazz put Michael Porter. It was interesting. The jazz put MPJ and Jokic in pick and rolls a little bit last night to create opportunities, which was like a pretty smart, like, not something that we'll see a lot in the regular season because teams just tend to be like, yeah, we're going to run one five like we always do. Um, but I thought that was interesting is that they use that not necessarily in terms of putting two bad defenders in space. I think Jokic is, was a great last year and, and overall fine. Um, it was more that because MPJ was so big, like you had, you just, you did not have the ability to cover the space necessarily because they're too big. Like those guys are just yeah. bigger. And so the jazz were, were using smaller, faster guys to navigate that space and create opportunities. Um, we were talking about like the defense. The other big problem for me defensively was I got, I got to say it like it was bones. Uh, Sexton. Oh, oh, he was, he had a horrible game. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, second quarter, um, or two minutes in the, in the left in the first quarter bones tried to jump a screen on their, on the, on the corner. Um, Colin just 
Sexton just rejected the screen. Like he tried to jump the screen and the guy and gave up the baseline and Sexton gone just straight to the rim. Um, and then after that, like once Sexton kind of identified, oh, this kid can't guard me, Sexton went at him and just muscled him. And it was, it was really tough. Like there was a, I was on our, a radio um, round table yesterday and there was a, this idea of like, I think Bones could be a pretty good defender is, is was a notion that was raised. And um, I think in time, sure. I think right now it's, it's a pretty big challenge with where he's at physically. Like he just has to add so much strength over the next couple of years to be able to make, cause it really was just like Sexton putting a shoulder into him and, and bursting past him. And so that was really, really tough. Uh, I was expecting, honestly, from from how the box score looked, I was expecting DeAndre Jordan to look a lot worse. I actually thought DeAndre Jordan was okay. Did, 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 am I wrong? Rebound, right? Yeah. Am I wrong there? Uh, I, I mean, I thought he was really bad. He played six minutes and was they got outscored in those six minutes by 13 points. He had two rebounds in that stretch, yeah. and that was a stretch where Vando was grabbing an enormous amount. Like To me, DeAndre Jordan has one skill, rebounding. That's his elite skill. I didn't see on rewatch. You have to tell me uh, maybe tomorrow if you if you if you do. I couldn't identify a lot of spots where I was like, oh, he got beat for him. Like I saw Jeff got beat for him. Well, I think if you well, I mean, here's the thing though, Matt. If you look at this, Jokic had four rebounds. DeAndre Jordan had two. Those are your centers, and I think that's indicative of exactly what Utah's game plan was: draw them away and make other people rebound. Nonetheless, it's still like if you're DeAndre Jordan, I still think that that's where you make the impact is on the uh, is on the glass, and it wasn't there. So. To me, I don't think it's a coincidence that he played six minutes and then didn't play again. Fair. And the same goes for Davon Reed. Maybe I need to go back and watch it again. That's that's fair. Um, I mean, look, I said I, my going take was that DeAndre was going to be a huge negative by Christmas, and they'd have to bench him because that's been his career. <laughs> you're, at, you're at minus thirteen. So what's huge? Yeah, we're on. We're on the way. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I think Faku, like at the end of the year, was like a minus two thirty. So. We're not that yeah, far. I, was, I think I was optim- I think I was optimistic on DeAndre because I said minus fifty four by Christmas, and we're well on pace for well to go yeah, beyond. We're that. four games away from that. I mean, we're yeah. at this rate, we are twelve more minutes away. <laughs> DeAndre, DeAndre, great for the vibes, but not good for the plus minus. At least, well, so. I'll tell you this: this is the other thing we talked about the bench a little bit, but just circling back to it, I. We did not see that five-man bench unit play well in the play, in the preseason. We didn't. We saw the bench play really well when it was other versions of that. And when Malone, I asked Malone this week a thing about, hey, is this a year to stagger a little bit more? And I thought he kind of brushed it off a little bit, said that they were going to. But then everything you heard out of camp, oh, that second unit has been so good. Second unit has been so good. I'm sitting here going, I don't know. Like, we'll see. And then you roll it out in this game, and it literally gets outscored by 13 points in six minutes. And you go yeah i don't think it's credit he adjusted right away like that unit played one stint it probably cost them the game but he played it and then he went away from it but to me this was when you go back and look at some of the markers from preseason there were things that were like very encouraging that lineup that just crushed that we'll probably see friday by the way with uh bruce brown and murray murray not playing was probably a bigger concern of like hey this guy hasn't played a lot they haven't played with him that's probably going to be clunky and then that second unit having never looked good, but then us knowing it was going to be the default second unit, those were two major indicators. And I thought both of them popped up in this game in major ways. Yeah, Tyson says, how in the hell is this bench being the starters in practice? You asked that last night on the DMVR show, and it's a, it's a salient point. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, the, start, the bench has been so good. It's been beating the starters. 
maybe that's more about where the starters are at right now in terms instead of where the I don't even think it's about where the starters are at. Man. Like, here's the thing. Jokic in three preseason games took three shots, right? Or in two preseason games took three total shots. And then finally at the last game, in the second half, he started taking shots. But to me, that's the thing. And, and this is another one of my takeaways with Yoke. You know, he had 27 points last night. He did turn it on. I think Jokic, especially early on, has to be MVP Jokic of the last two years. Sorry, Jokic. I know you wanted to be a little more, like, distributor and do this. I honestly think, especially if the defense is going to be vulnerable, one way you make a team stop picking you on the pick and roll is you force them adjust to the other side. And I think Jokic has to where he was after the first quarter where he got more aggressive. I just think I'm this team, until Murray gets settled, you have to be option one and two. Yes, you have to facilitate too, but you have to put the onus on the other team to adjust because, and it's kind of not his MO, but but to me, he's capable of doing it. And I just think that has to start there. And I'm guessing, I didn't get to see all of this, but when you hear, oh, first team didn't, you know, they lost this or that. Jokic score on DeAndre Jordan whenever he wants. Probably wasn't doing that a whole lot in practice. And this is why I think those things are important. You got to do those things. You got to play the way in practice that your team's going to need you to play in the games. And that's why this game to me felt like uh, this team doesn't know what their identity is yet because they haven't quite played the way they're supposed to. They're trying to figure yeah. everything out. Yeah, they're they're trying to they're trying to to run this the idealized system of it when they're not they don't have that chemistry or the really the physical stuff on as far as Jamal goes yet. I think it's a great point of mm-hmm. of that, and you can kind of tell that in in part because there just there weren't a ton of post ups for Joker. You know, it was a lot of like pinch posts. It was a lot of motion right. actor. Like trying to get everybody involved, which is like an idealized version. And this leads me into what I want to talk about in the third segment, which is coaching and some uncomfortable truths that I feel like even after game one, uh, I want to. This guy in the comments here is saying, why are you talking about uh, PNR defense? You had Utah had more offensive rebounds. Do you not see how these things are correlated? When you get stretched out and pick and roll, beat to the paint, kicked out to the three, you're giving up offensive rebounds. This is what I'm saying. Thing. This is why earlier I said are correlated, and they are. You can look at this statistically; they're correlated. When you get this, is why. And actually, Matt, there's an interesting point to be made about Denver. Denver has been the best, or one of the best, offensive rebounding teams in the NBA for most of Jokic's career, except for last season. And then, last, you know, in the preseason and even last night, that was not the case. But also, getting three point shots up, Denver didn't have a lot of attempts last night. They also didn't have a ton of offensive rebounds. These things are correlated. You have to be able to make teams scramble and stretch out. And Denver has been great at that for a long time. For some reason, over the last year, they lost that, and and that's a problem. So pick and roll defense and being able to stretch a team out directly correlates to offensive rebounds. Some of it's effort, but not all of it's this effort. There's yeah, well, I'll say this. this. Like, again, I have to go back and watch every single offensive rebound. A lot of the rebounds that I watched last night and made notes of were not putbacks. It was an offensive rebound where they got another chance to run action again. Yep. And those still, count, those, those still track as second chance points. Yep. Like, it's not just putbacks. But the Jazz were very much like, no, 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 we'll just run stuff at them again because they knew they could get what they wanted. Uh, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about coaching when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us on a Thursday. We're glad to have you with us, even after the Nuggets had a rough loss. Um, the, the chat section is not coolly and calmly reacting to game one of the, the 2023 season. A lot of uh, trade this guy, bench this person, all these types of things. I mean, this is the NBA, though. Like, it's funny going through 
you know, if you look at the other teams, because there weren't a lot of, like Denver, and I guess you could say Brooklyn, were the only teams that were, oh, had high expectations that lost last night. So it's a little bit tough to say this, but early season, you can't read too much in. Like, you got to give this five games before you start to say, okay, I see the trends. Yeah. Um, last night, I mean, you predicted it going into Utah. By the way, like I said, Utah, and, and just checking out David Locke and some of his takes, you know, he's so adamant that this is not a team that's just trying to lose every game. And they have players that are that are yeah. competent. So it wasn't – I mean, never needed to win that game. What yeah. are they now, 1-12 in, in their last 13 at Utah? It's always a tough place to play. But they're wanna, not like – they're not the worst team in the NBA. I haven't I haven't talked about it, and I'm not like – because I, I don't like – I genuinely – take a victory lapse has become really annoying to me in general and on social media, so I'm trying to avoid it. Um, I want to be very sure. Especially when they're like oh. the motions. Well, I want to be very clear on this. Uh, I didn't say, like, the Jazz are going to win this game. I made a wager based off of the probability that the Jazz would win this game. That's entirely different. Good value to say that Utah, that Denver will not look great out of the gate. Good value. That Denver will not look great out of the gate. And, it's the again, it's the Jazz home opener. Like, home openers are rock solid. Unless you're the San Antonio Spurs, who I also bet on because they were in their home opener and got annihilated by the Charlotte Hornets. Although I will say this, so arena not full, which is yeah. weird. Like Utah usually has a packed every night sold out, so it was weird to see them. Not They've, uh, I think, but the, I think part of it is that friend, that that fan base has seen the team for long enough. They're they're like, oh, okay, we know what you're doing. It's okay, we'll come back. We'll come yeah. we'll come back when you're ready. Um, yeah. But yeah, like a bunch of guys. Part of this too is like those guys are still playing for their careers. You know, like yeah, that's true. Like Lori Morgan, I mean, especially like Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt got tossed off, like just tossed aside by the Wolves for the Rudy Gobert deal. And there's just like he, nobody talks about him. And Vando's got a lot of limitations, but like Vando's a helpful NBA player in some aspects. And he was last night. Well, Cal- Calvin Booth has talked a lot when he's spoken. He's talked a lot about sometimes you just need guys that do stuff. Like, you don't look at their skills. You just say, do they do stuff? And Jared Vanderbilt is an ultimate just-does-stuff guy. Like, what's his skill set? He just hustles more than some nights, grab 11 rebounds in one half. And I think this is one of my issues with Davon Reed. And you could say Jeff Green, too, although I think Jeff Green is a skilled player. Like, he has value. He doesn't always have the highest motor or, like, the you know the most dog in him or whatever you want to say. But a guy like Davon Reed, to me, is a guy that doesn't do stuff. And that's, that's what frustrates me. Does he hit shots sometimes? Yes. But is he a guy that he had an off night? But, you know, he had those eight rebounds out of nowhere. I just never feel that way about Davon Reed. And that's that's part of my you're like, a, you're like an early adopter of technology that then gets into, the, like, the actual components of what of trying to use it from a functional standpoint day to day. And you're like, it's not great. That's how you are with Davon. You were, you were high on him initially. And then, like, you kind of, like, realize, like. I love the. I mean, you love the tools, right? Seven, two wingspan or whatever. You're like, okay, this could be else but i just you you gotta you gotta if you're that type of player you just need to make something and by the way it's why i'm a little bit higher on christian brown and i know it's not like this is the thing it's not like there's an obvious better option i just think it's that christian brown is a hustler and like you might as well put a hustler on the court because i think he'll do he even in the summer league when he was playing horrible he still had like seven rebounds uh three steals you know just he just had things that happened that you're like okay at least he makes something out of nothing every now and then so typically, I'm the uh, defend the veterans guy. Like Davon Reed's not a veteran. He's not though. That's the thing. That's what's weird yeah. about it. He's not like, a veteran. There's there's no reason Davon didn't help him in the playoff run. Like there's there's no lot. And the other thing I'll say is all the stuff that I typically tend to defend Malone on in terms of what the thinking is, the stakes are too high this year. 
Yeah. Like the stakes are too high. You don't have margin. Why is Ignaji getting DMVs? I mean, he's the tough one here because I, as much as like he couldn't have been worse last last night, like there's no way he would have been worse than that. But I also feel like he's a guy you need rebounding. Um, I mean, he would have provided some defense and maybe he's some spark. Like Jared Vanderbilt just does it because he's young and hungry and wants to make a name for himself. And maybe that's maybe you just needed a little bit of that. We'll see. Do you think Michael Malone makes a major change? I mean, I don't expect Jamal Murray to play Friday. Do you? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't, don't know if they looked at the schedule and we're just like, and we're, I think a lot of it depends on how Jamal feels today, right? Like first NBA game, oh, if he man. feels okay, if he feels fine, you know, he might be like, I want to play, but there, there's a couple of, the schedule makers just screwed them so badly with this. Part of me is like, he needs to play in Golden State so he can get past it because that's the last place that he got hurt and he didn't play in the preseason game. So like, he, I, he honestly, like, there's a mental side where I'm like, he needs to get past that. Now it's like, okay, he can get past it later because he needs to be, a, he's got to play in the home opener. Yeah. Right. And like, you don't want him playing a back to back five games into his return. Is it, but I don't, I'm assuming that, but I don't know. Like, is it more fine? Cause he's, you know, he's got more energy and you want to avoid back to backs in the middle. I don't know. Um, I kind of lean towards he shouldn't play and they won't. But I, I don't know. You got to play him on the home opener, man. You got to give your fans the reward. That's, a, I mean, but at the same time, it, it's just tough. Anyway, I say all that to say Denver's a different team. And then weirdly, at this very moment, if you told me, are they more likely to win one way or the other right now? Again, this is not, this is not a critique of Jamal. This is a critique of not playing for 550 days and then unfortunately missing the preseason. This is, that's what it is. But if you told me they had a better chance of winning with or without him right now, I would say probably without him. And that'll probably be the case. Jokic joked at practice the other day, man. I'm sure you saw the video where he said, like, well, I just know Jamal's going to be terrible for terrible. 20 games. And he kind of laughed. He kind of smirks. But I think he was also smirking. Like, he's like, guys, I'm seeing yeah. him. He's going to be horrible. Yeah. Like, this, you guys yeah, have every, yeah, everybody was like, oh, what a funny guy. And, I'm, and I was like, is he joking? Is it- it's, it's, the thing is, it's like Jokic likes to tell the real joke. Like, he always makes fun of people, his teammates, but they're for the real thing. Um, but also with love. He's not, he's not, I mean, he, yeah, he, sure. know he loves No, it's not critical. Yeah. But I want to know this question from you though, Matt. Um, he says, somebody in the comments says, does Matt also want to see Ish Smith in the bench? Do you think that is um, like a quick fix? Ish, Ish with bones, by the way, I think was the question so, that somebody had raised. I'm, I'm going to look at it more holistically. Here it is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look at it more holistically. So let's go back to what we talked about at the beginning, which is I'm of the belief that Jeff Green and uh, and Dave Henry can't play, play together. And that may come on a nation, just may not work together, much the way the Dos Verdes didn't work last year. Uh, you can add Ish Smith, because what, they went to four guards for that stretch in the fourth quarter, and that worked. Um, you can add another creator in Ish Smith, or you can add – I don't know if Christian Brown is a good enough shooter at this point I in his know. career. That's, That's a tough spot, yeah. Yeah. Like, if Christian Brown were what, what they want him to be in two years, then you, it would just be obvious. Like, just play Christian Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, honestly, hey, it's Zeke wants to play three. Maybe just let, let Zeke play three. He doesn't want to play three. He wants to play four. Um, okay. Um, then – you could still probably play like a combo like MPJ and, and Zeke and just do like you did do with Aaron, right? Where it's like 
they're they're both three and they're both four. Yeah. But you can change that, that line in that regard. Um, what I don't think yeah. you can do, like I'm 100% with you on this, is the Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, uh, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan lineup does not work. Like it, it's, I can't, the bigger, pro- here's the bigger problem. We're like, we're one game in. It's like, how can you say that? I can't, at least I can't. I can't see a way it would work. That's that's the thing about it is you don't want to be too reactionary, but you're also looking at it and going, what is the right, like, what is the, what, what does this look like when it's perfect? Yeah. And like, honestly, th- this is going to sound crazy. An Ish Smith, Bruce Brown pick and roll probably works. It probably causes, it probably they causes. Just it, no? They just switch it, no? What? The teams just switch that, no? Bruce is slipping. If they switch it, Bruce is slipping. And Ish is finding him. And then if you've got yeah. enough space. Yeah. I, don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that one. But here's the key, right? Like you need Zeke out there because you're going to have to space him out to five because otherwise DeAndre is just there and the shot gets blocked at the rim. So. Yeah. That second unit's a tough one. Um, we'll see. I mean, honestly, this is one of those games where it's game one. We're, we're, <laughs> this is the problem with talk radio and with daily podcasts is that you have to react to every game and it will feel hot. Like I know a lot of people are like, you guys are overreacting. No, we're literally reacting. We are yeah. reacting to what happened. I'm and not saying comes and we're going to react to that. These aren't proclamations about Denver's title chances or, oh, I have to take the under now. I said over yesterday, but under now. It's not that. It's, hey, we saw a team play a real game, and here are the issues with that team, and here's how, uh, you know, what they're going to have to do to solve them. And with the Murray one, it's just, look, Yoke wasn't joking. It's going to take a while for him to be back to normal. And that affects the way you make rotations. That affects everything else. The defense didn't look good. There's concerns about why it's not. Did my mic come out? It sure did. Oh, you're good. You sound good. All right. So, um, so anyway, that's it. It's just reacting to this. Like the Nuggets, I think, are still going to be fine. But I do think when you look at that early, we looked at 10 games and thought, what could they go? Probably going to be a little, it might be one or two under the, of what we expected from the first 10 games. Namely, because they already lost one that you kind of hoped they would win. Yeah. So, uh, they're already starting from the point mark. I want to talk about coaching. Um, Malone did make the adjustments, right? Like he didn't go back to that lineup. Um, I'll just say this. The team didn't look prepared or focused in. The starters definitely looked like they thought that they bought the hype a little bit. There was a That was my vibe was the starters kind of felt like, all right, let's go. Let's, go. let's have some fun. And the Jazz were like, we're going to kill you. And – that that difference is there and um as much as like there was some some good defense like uh, ryan was tweeting about like effort stuff like that i will say preparedness and being ready to play is a primary like as much as i think it's it's right that these are professional athletes and they gotta be ready to play there is a setting the tone thing that does fall under the coach's purview and that failed in game one like yeah. i'm just being real that that's an area where i do blame them the other thing i will say is after preseason it's not just game one it's preseason game one i'm concerned about the assistants i I had concerns about them coming in i I don't find the offense to be like it's not there was a couple of of sequences where it was like oh that was really smart and they created good stuff like there was a slip for michael cord michael porter where the defense just completely screwed up but at least like stuff though man like the offense to me is like it's just the same stuff and i don't know that's necessarily bad it's like can you run it i mean you need to run it a little bit better but I'm, i'm content to say I think the Nuggets offense is going to be fine over time. Yeah, no, it, it's not that I'm concerned about the offense. It's just there was nothing that was brought to the table last night from a coaching standpoint 
that provided an edge for that team. Is that maybe that's like the best way to put it, right? And it's like if if we're talking about championship aspirations, margins matter. Now, right now we're talking about win a game, right? We can worry about the championship later. Win a game first, but. I will just say, like, between the defensive drop coverage change that has existed since West Unseld left and a a lack of innovation offensively relative to what they've always kind of run, um, I don't, like, I do not feel that coaching is giving them an edge off the bat. And, you know, Malone's effort has always been a little bit more about the big picture, right? Like Malone's impact has always been better seen if you look at the big picture. It's like, well, they always go over their win total. Well, they have missed every year except last year. Um, like all these types of big, the look at the internal growth, all these big picture things are the best way to kind of judge Michael Malone rather than the game by game. But again, we're into the margins here. The margins matter. You lost a division game versus a team that will finish under 500. That's a, right. like, by every definition that I go through, that's a bad loss. And so it's like, look, it's game one, right? But it also like, hey, guess what? If you wind up tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the division and you split two two with them and the tiebreaker is division, that is division record, that could be the difference. Like when you reach this level, the pressure gets to everybody. And I think you're or, I mean, I'm I'm saying it arrives for everyone. Like the, the stakes should be high for all of these guys, players and coaching staff, front office ownership, like oh, you get to this level, it's, hey, now you're either going to do it, proof of concept or not. And so for Malone, that does mean that, hey, your team, you've preached defense all this time, said we don't have defensive players, we don't have defensive players. You have them now, and you gave up 123 to the Jazz on opening night. That good early return. So now the pressure does go. If At some point, you have to say, hey, this is my team. This is the culture I set. And I just got outworked by guys that I didn't play, by the way. Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. Those were guys I was given and I didn't play, and they're outworking my team. Uh, you know, on basic stuff. So the pressure does arrive for those guys. And the last one I'll say, people have to understand, guys, I flew to Serbia this summer. This is how much I like believe and and, and like Jokic. But the, it also comes for Jokic at this time when I say he has to be a culture setter in that way as well. There are superstars of the past and present who don't allow their teams to get out rebounded like that. Because when it happens, they, everybody, they know, hey, I don't allow this stuff on my team. This is my team, and I don't allow that stuff. And Yoke, last night, I don't think, you know, had that presence and had that energy. He played great once he turned it on, especially on offense. But to me, this is part of it. Like, And I know it's not perfectly within his personality, but I do think there's something, too. Like, this is a year for Jokic to say, we're not doing that. Not on my team. Like, if you're on my team, we're not coming out and getting out rebounded 27 to 11 and a half. Yep. Okay, let's go wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Season's underway. Uh, In all seriousness, though, Matt, like, it's funny. You know, the game was as bad as it could have been in a lot of ways without an injury. It was as bad as it could have been. And I still kind of enjoy being back. Like, it's still fun to talk about these things. Like, even when they're bad, it's still like, at least we're talking about that and not talking about, you know, hypotheticals and and this or that. It's it's just fun to be analyzing basketball again. I agree. Uh, The good news is is that the Denver Nuggets get to write themselves uh, in their next game when they take on, uh, checks notes, the Golden State Warriors at home. So we'll see how that one goes. Hey, I'll bet they'll be more focused on national television. I'll bet they'll try to not get embarrassed. We'll talk about that tomorrow. 
when we preview game two of the Denver Nuggets season versus the Warriors. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to hit the rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure to give us those five-star reviews. I've been very good. I was very, I, I've, I've been not an obnoxious asshole as usual, so you should give us those five-star reviews. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great day. We'll see you guys again next time on Lockdown Nights.